0: Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 203 General Psychology with Professor Mark Lenner. I hope you listen and enjoy. Welcome to Unit 6. This is about social psychology and personality and module 35 is dealing with social thinking and social influences that we encounter each and every day. So, social thinking and social psychology, it, and social psychology focuses on the social influences that explain how, why the same person acts differently in different situations. It's different from sociology which talks about groups but it's really the understanding of how do you act different at home versus work or school or any other location? And um, so, one of the theories dealing with this is attribution theory, which behavior of others are explained by crediting either the situation or the person's uh, disposition. And what this means is that we tend to attribute how someone responds in a situation. By their either this the environment that they're in or some personal characteristic about them, so you may have heard the term fundamental attribution error and its tendency for us as observers when analyzing other people's behavior to underestimate the impact of the situation and tend to overestimate the impact of the personal person's disposition. So if somebody Let's say that is homeless, um, you, you see them on the street. Um, one of the tendencies for most people is to say that that's a personal failure with that person. They did not do something, um, you know, that shows weakness of some sort. Or um, rather than understanding what are the environmental conditions that produced a homeless person. What are some things that uh, the cost of housing or the job market or education or, or a variety of things. So uh, we tend to blame the person rather than the, uh, the environment in which they're raised. So what affects this is our culture, what we expect people to behave like, you know, whose behavior it actually is. Do we? tend to, if this person is more like us, we tend to excuse their faults and their uh, sins and, and, or crimes or anything rather than they're different than us. So um, we, we do make exceptions, but usually those exceptions are when we're uh, dealing with someone who's younger or someone who may not have experienced, but, but also when we start to have a personal relationship with that person. We tend to uh, change our evaluation of you know any faults that they have. Um, so these attributions matter. It's it's a lot of ways how prejudice is is uh, continued and racism and so these are fundamental areas that have that. Um, we, um, one of the more famous studies that you'll read about it, is Zimbardo's prison study is where he took some college students and had them play the role of either prison guard or prisoner. And just putting in a, a situation, people that were normally easygoing, you know, f- uh, great people to be around, once they became, a, had that uniform and uh, as a prison guard, and wore some uh, sunglasses that didn't show their eyes and gave them a, given a, some sort of authority, they took on a different personality. And so, it, um, there's, so look at a little bit of that. You can find some videos that give some, um, some real life accounts of that as well. Also, what are the norms? What are the expectations we have for people in, you know, in their society? If you've ever lived in different locations, you may notice that what is expected for one group is different from another. So if you go to a football game, you know that it's perfectly understandable and expected that you'll ye- yell and cheer and shout and everything like that. But if you go to church, that's, um, you know, you don't yell at the pastor if you don't like what he said or something like that. We Or we have certain areas of decorum or you know, the way we behave. So our culture influences the way we act. Not everybody sees the world the same way that we do. And so, um, you know, culture is we're impacted, And even though we're a different culture than our previous generation, we still carry some of the remnants of our parents' culture and our children will carry some of the remnants of our culture as well. The idea of conformity is when there's some social pressure to behave in a certain manner. Um, You know, that uh, you take on the, um, the mob idea of if everybody's doing it, then we have a tendency to believe it's okay to do it. And if somebody's in a group that acts a certain way, then that has an influence on what the other people behave or even say or do or think. Um, there's an experiment here where it says uh, which of the three comparison lines on the right side are equal to the standard line which is on the left. And so what the experiment had was one person who did not, was just being um, experimented on, they didn't know about the experiment. And the other two were actors that knew and said that the, um, uh, that line number three was the same length as the standard line and you can sell it's not the middle one actually is but if a group says line number three the tendency is for people to say line number three as well we have a tendency to go along with the crowd and even though we know in our hearts that that's incorrect we still will find ourselves doing it um, so the, you know, is conformity a bad thing? Is it a good thing? It kind of depends on um, what our expectations are and, you know, sometimes we have to conform, you know, to different job or different other situations that we have in order to get along with that, uh, get along with that uh, organization. And uh, sometimes that we may disagree with somebody and but we are allowing them to uh, express how they understand a situation and um, be able to it's not necessarily to um, that we're conforming our beliefs but we're allowing them to express theirs Um, but um, when conformity happens there's there's situations that kind of breed this when people are feeling incompetent or insecure, or um, when uh, everybody else is agreeing and you're the only person that doesn't, uh, when there's a certain status to the group, an attractiveness to the group, and if you've not made a prior commitment to any other position. um, So those are contributing factors which lead to conformity. the, uh, another famous experiment is Milgram's uh, experiment when people were given orders to give what they thought was electroshock shock therapy, uh, uh, treatment to uh, people who did not perform well in the test and there was someone who was wearing a lab coat, looked real official, and they gave them these orders to provide these different shocks to someone that they did not see and they actually were not giving them the shock. but that it was set up for them to think that they were, they'd hear people yelling and screaming on the other side of the wall. But um, the idea that people were conforming to this just because somebody was in authority or somebody was, had a, you know, associated with a prestigious institution that we did behavior that we normally wouldn't do because we were told to by someone in authority. Um, so. We know that social influences are strong, that it can help make us to conform to ways that we normally wouldn't act like. Um, As it says here, great evils often grow out of compliance with lesser evils. We see this in political situations. We see this in history, how people have gone along with uh, someone like Hitler in a small way that ultimately uh, leads to. the Holocaust or uh, other things that have, um, you know, had terrible impacts on history. We, um, uh, we often beh- behave differently in a group than we do individually and um, we, there's an issue or theory about called groupthink and when the desire for harmony is overrides a realistic appraisal and like we talked about in the earlier assessment is that when um, you the idea that i just want to get along with everybody rather than standing up for my own positions Um, the internet acts as sort of a amplifier for all these things that we've talked about and it can it can have both great effects and bring people together but it also can bring people who have um, you know ideas that are not conducive to society to get together and, and multiply that as well. So um, it's, as it says in the bottom, like-minded separation and conversation those people bring to group polarization, the idea that we're going, our group It's us against them. Um, so we do have uh, anti-social relations and that prejudice. Um, you know, negative attitudes toward a group can, um, you know, is related to stereotypes that we may have, and a predisposition to discriminate. These are part of the psychology as well. Uh, sometimes people have a clear awareness that they're doing this. Sometimes it's um, implicit in thinking. It's just what they tend to do. Um, and you know, most people will say, "I'm not a racist." But they will; they may do some uh, implicit uh, prejudice, where they're doing something that they're not overtly expressing the racism, but in small ways, uh, giving that implication that they are racist. Um, we, uh, you know, are able to understand that uh, um, while uh, when people get together, there may be some. The overt uh, prejudice may lessen, but the the subtle prejudice may still be there. And it takes it takes work. Just bringing people together for an event is good, but it's it takes more than that. Um, so, what causes prejudice? You know, the idea of blaming somebody else for your problem, the idea of a scapegoat. Um, you know, if you're frustrated economically or, or some other way, we tend to blame that on others. Um, sometimes we take shortcuts, and if you can see the, the uh, images in the bottom of the page, um, we tend to make categorizations of people about, um, for example, the one on the left is considered 100% Chinese, and the girl on the right is 100%. Uh, Caucasian, but you can see the variations in there. So if you looked at the middle two, you know, what would you call that? We sometimes is we take these shortcuts so we don't really have to think through different uh, uh, hard subjects in order to uh, kind of come to quick answers. Um, when uh, the idea that blaming all Muslims for terrorism or all Muslims are terrorists. We know that only a small portion have ever been involved in terrorism, but we, our tendency is to think all Muslims are terrorists. And so those are uh, shortcuts that we take and can be harmful. Aggression is when we either physical or verbal um, behavior intended to harm someone else. And sometimes that's interaction between our biology and our experience, things that we've been raised with. Um, Sometimes there's genetic influences of that. Sometimes there can be some imbalances chemically or some mood changes or things like that that can facilitate aggression, maybe some uh, damage of some sort. Uh, Sometimes it can be a result of biochemical influences, such as alcohol or, or testosterone. Um, the um, we can get into uh, social situations that um, you know provide kind of the fuel for that. Um, it's uh, we can see different types of media which will promote that activity and and uh, we start to see that that's we start to believe that that's acceptable. And then our uh, area pro social is you know, what is, what attracts us to one another, um, you know, there's a lot of online dating and, um, and even couples getting married because of that connection that they have. Um, and so, what causes two people to be attracted? One is physical attractiveness that you find, um, you know, in the other person. You have similar beliefs. You have, um, you know, you have the Maybe a similar background or similar goals. The, we go through this period of passionate, romantic love. It's we get completely absorbed in the other person at the beginning of a relationship, and um, so when you have this physical attractiveness, you have this idea of uh, cognitive appraisal positively that you know can lead to this to what love is and. We uh, we start sharing ourselves. We make go you know a pledge to be with one another, and but over time, romantic love tends to lessen. But supportive, mutual, supportive equity, the idea of comp- enduring pa- compassionate love, hopefully endures. Um, how about people who help others for no apparent reason? You know that they have a, they're not so concerned about themselves, they're concerned about others. You know, what causes someone to stop along someone who is uh, on, the, on the street? The Good Samaritan idea, what, what causes that? And uh, as you can see the stages that people go through during that. Uh, there's been lots of studies about bystander intervention. Um, you know, we tend to help people who are more like us than people that are less like us, um, and so also peace relationships. And so how do we bring groups together that are, are having uh, conflict? Well, one is having contact and actually having them meet one-on-one. Cooperation, um, having mutual goals, uh, communication with one another and then um, working toward a way to uh, conciliation and and, uh, bringing together those opposing parties. All these things that are done in diplomacy and done in um, peacemaking efforts do have a psychological component, so maybe that's an area that you're interested in as well. So that ends this lesson and we'll see you in the next unit.